This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. I'm Tommy Sladek. Joining me is Samantha Croston. We have Brendan Hodges on the producer, Mike. We are your place for all things Syracuse Orange. This is a lax special that we're going to be looking to get into week after week here as the season continues and talking about two very exciting teams. The SU women moving up to number two in inside lacrosse top 25. The SU men dropping to number 19 from 18, but still a lot to talk about, a lot of positives from that Maryland game. And uh, Samantha, let's go back and talk about this 20 to 11 win over the Terps for Kayla Trainer's squad because that was a 20 to 11 whomping, bro. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. And you talked about Megan Tyrell. You know, she, she had how many goals in that game? Six. 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 Six piece. Oh, my God. But the thing that I love about Megan Tyrell and her style of play is that this is the kind of person who would be equally as happy to assist a goal than to have scored the goal herself. And you don't always see that. She's the kind of person who look at the Binghamton stats. That was a game where she had five assists and one goal. Still six points, but at the end of the day, she's going to assist at any chance that she has. And I think that's why this team offensively has had such a nice and hot start. Mm -hmm. It is a well-balanced offense. It's an offense that contains a lot of selfless players. And you do see sometimes, I've seen this with a couple of teams, particularly on the men's side as this season has kind of opened up, is that sometimes you have five, six really great talents on the offensive end, but they're not working that well together. When you have a couple of people who sort of know their role and they're comfortable being selfless, I think that's when the magic really happens. And you talk about that depth. I mean, between Megan Carney, Emma Tyrell, Emma Ward is back. And it just... Emma Ward is back! Emma Ward is back! It feels just... They feel so powerful. And it, I think just defensively, it's a, it's a matchup nightmare because it just feels like someone is getting left with a little bit of room. And we know with this team, you give one of them a little bit, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile and they're going to take advantage and score. Now, this one, not as necessarily impressive in terms of the resume, but still getting it done against Binghamton, 17-10. to 10. And as Hodges pointed out here, as he was up 17-4 to 4 with 10-03 to play, mm-hmm. you like to think maybe some reserves stepped in. No doubt. Score doesn't necessarily tell the full story. But ultimately, I think they got some respect moving up to number two, started the season at number five, and are quickly making rounds and in this conversation right with the North Carolina once again. And you know what, again, let me just say, in those kind of games, a game like Binghamton where you sort of had a feeling okay Syracuse is going to be up on this team pretty early I really appreciate the fact that coach trainer took an opportunity to say hey let's get in some of our backups here let's put in some of the reserves because reserves are just you know starters potentially in the making or a starter waiting to happen so you give some of these people chances and opportunities why not so I love to see that I really felt like the reserves got some real minutes but I mean everyone again it's this offense that is so troubling for teams 20 goals against Maryland yeah That's disturbing. I mean, even with Northwestern, you know, this is a team that last year got bounced by Northwestern in a big way. 
things have changed. Number two, this early in the season, it's exactly where they want to be. And shout out, shout out to this defense too, because this defense is not like the defense we saw last year. Nope. And we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. I told you, I'm, I'm an outspoken advocate of the fact that I do not like it when two goalies split time. And now it seems like they found their answer. Last year, it was Kimber, Hauer, and Delaney Schweitzer splitting time. Now they've decided we're going to go with Schweitzer. And she's doing a great job. She's playing consistently. The team trusts her. That's the kind of consistency that you want going forward. All right. And for a little bit of background here, Samantha, Samantha I did it again. I wanted to say Sam and I wanted to say Samantha. But, you got to commit. But Croston, uh, here, to my, here to my right or left, depending on what ang camera angle <laughs> we're on right now, all Patriot League player in her days as a goalie for Colgate. And so, Sam, I do want to – get into the goalie talk a little bit more. I know you mentioned the consistency, but ultimately what have you, what have you seen here in the first few games that um, clearly has you encouraged? Well, again, a little bit of background on Schweitzer mm -hmm. and Hauer. They were both transfers. They both transferred in from programs last year. And Schweitzer, I think just having a year under her belt now, being with this team, she looks really confident out there. Her reaction time is strong. Her clearing is good. And she seems like a leader. She seems like she has good communication. I really like her style of play. Um, and, and she gives me confidence just the fact that the consistency that I've seen throughout the first few games. Mm -hmm. Last year, I feel like the reason why they were switching on and off so much is because they didn't feel like they had that one person who they could count on and rely on. And clearly, somewhere over, you know, over whether it was the fall, I'm assuming, and, and some of the ways that she was able to prove herself, she showed them in that time, you can count on me. Because she didn't get the start most of the time last year. They right. changed their mind. And that's honestly a really hard thing to do at times. I mean, you know, even for me, like going in at Colgate, you know, you, you mostly, a lot of the times you don't start as the starter. They, of course, have somebody who they've been relying on. And it takes something special for a coach who already feels comfortable with somebody to switch their mind and give you that chance. So it's an opportunity, opportunity that she earned. And then when it was her time to step up to the plate, she hit a home run. There you go. Home run indeed. And they have a chance to hit another home run on Saturday, February 25th. They are at Pittsburgh. It's a noon start. You can listen if you're local, 89.1 FM WJPZ. But not on TV. Kind of a bummer, but we're still going to make an effort to try to get you guys some highlights uh, next week on CMY Central if you're tuning in here on Channel 3 or 5. But with the Orange Zone Podcast, we're going to keep things moving to the SU men. Coming off a 15-12 to 12 loss to number 9 Maryland, and the Terps started off the game on a 3-0 run, which was swiftly followed by a 3-0 run from the Orange. SU was in this position all game long of getting behind and having to play catch-up. After the game was tied at 3 they cannot get closer than two goals for the rest of the game without Maryland pulling away time after time. Thank you, Brendan, for writing all that down. So the runs as followed. Again, Maryland 3-0, answered by Syracuse 3-0, and it just went on till the end of the game. Maryland ultimately pulling away. Um, Sam, your your main takeaway from this one, clearly the voters with with the with the polls didn't have too much movement, didn't think this loss was too costly for SU uh, in terms of where their standing is. I mean, listen, people do say this a lot, that lacrosse is a game of runs, but I do think that you have to be able to look at this pattern. That score was tied 3-3, then Maryland leads 7-5, Maryland leads 9-7, 12-10, 15-12. At some point in those runs being able to make some kind of an adjustment so that now you're the one going on the run first. They swapped off. Maryland started, and then they just weren't able to catch up. I mean, what's promising to me on this sheet, 
Will Mark made 18 saves. Unreal. I mean, this Unreal, guy, I'm, I'm running out of good things to say, honestly. <laughs> I, I just love his story. He comes from LIU. He has made over 500 saves in his career. He says, without a doubt, I want to be one of the best goalies in the country. He's confident. I think he's a little crazy, and I love it. I'm all about it. You kind of got to be crazy, you right? You kind of got to be crazy. So I appreciate everything he's doing. I think that has been the biggest change on this team is that they have Will Mark and Cage. But things that I think there are room for improvement in, I mean, the face-off battle, they lost in a big way, 24-7. Mm-hmm. to 7. It's amazing that it was 15-12. to 12, Right? To I mean, honest. it's actually shocking that the score was what it was. It makes me feel like more credit does belong to the defense. That and, this and defense was the, and, and, yeah. and well to, to have that. Yeah, for the score to even be 15-12. You're telling me that, that Maryland had 24 opportunities to your seven off the faceoff and the score was only three goals apart? I guess in a way that is promising, but it also makes you think, well, what if that was a little bit more even? So, then I mean, who knows what could have been? Completely switching in the opposite direction, but going back to Will, I mean, yeah, 15 goals happened. He made 18 saves. That's why we, we've talked about this, and you even talked about how in your playing days you weren't necessarily someone that was going to be immediately finding the box score after the game. It wasn't, it wasn't a part of your routine. And now those numbers stand out to you a little bit more. And I think a part of that is is the save ratio here is ridiculous. And I think that is such a big part of telling the story and explaining how a team is able to stay this close with losing a face-off battle 24-7. And the fact that he's doing it game after game, no matter who the opponent is, to me, that's the impressive part. Mm. I mean, he's putting up these kind of numbers against really, really good nationally ranked opponents. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can see the way I, I told you I am more of a stat nerd now. And you can see the fact that because of the faceoffs and the ratio that that was, as a result, Maryland has more shots on goal, more shot opportunities. A lot of it does start at this at this faceoff position. So I, I would love to see a game where that stat is more balanced and I, I really think that everything else would would be more well balanced too. Because again, this is an offense that you really want to give opportunities to. I think it's one of the most exciting things about this team is the new style that they have. Is some of the new players who they have who who are from Canada, who are box players, who are spicy with it. I mean, can we talk about that Joey Spolina behind the back? Goal? I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring it up right here. It's kind of it's it's bad radio, but we're going to try to explain it the best we can. Can you can you do that for us? Can you visually display this goal, please? What happened was okay. I'm with you. I'm following. Joey Spolina mm-hmm. was at his position. Mm-hmm. He was at the X. Defender is on him. He decides he's going to go for a little crease roll try and figure out if he can get open. This is a one-on-one situation as far as I remember. He drives around the crease to get into the front of the net, but he is, folks, he is facing. Think about facing the net and do a 180. 180. He is facing like a perfect 180. 180. There are pictures that show that he is literally, his back is to the goalie. At this moment, I'm I'm sure he could have done a dodge and gotten around the defender, but he just decides I'm not going to do that. And he whips the ball behind the back over his right shoulder. The goalie does not see it. The goalie is in the ready position waiting for the shot, and the ball's in the back of the net. I mean, it, it, was, it was wizardry. I've never seen anything like that. I really haven't. I really had a screenshot where the goalie is in ready position and the ball's in the back of the net. And honestly, I've been there. Like, that's one of those things. It, it, is, <laughs> it is, like, underratedly hard to save a behind-the-back goal because who 
ever knows when that's coming. It's really tough to be able to locate that. And but, the motion was, <clears throat> you mentioned, like, I don't even know if I'd categorize it as over the shoulder and maybe it doesn't matter on the distinction. It was I, more like I a flick. It, I found it more to be... To the hip. Like, not it was it was just parallel with where his stick was. So mm. it was almost like torso chest height and it was just this extension of his interior deltoid going at an impossible angle and it was shocking. It was shocking, but at the same time it wasn't. It wasn't for him. And I only say that because right, like practice makes perfect. You could tell, like watch some of those videos from different angles and you'll see this is not the first time he's tried this. Sure, sure. This is something he's practiced a lot. I mean, think about the fact that like how how understand like the understanding that you have to have of your surroundings to know exactly where the goal is to have been in that position multiple times before like his eyes could have been closed and I, I really feel like he knew it went in before he even turned around you got that sense and he practiced it probably a thousand times 100 you had that feeling real quick I, guys. yeah he's hit, us, hit us with it hodges better goal team goal from dordovic last season spelina's goal from this past weekend oh, um I have to go with the team goal. I'm naturally a team goal guy. Mm-hmm. And that whole sequence, I just watched it recently just for fun. <laughs> um, I, and I, they deserve more credit because I can't remember who it was that. Sam Alexo. Yes. The whole sequence was truly beautiful lacrosse. It and it beautiful. ended in a ridiculous goal. Better goal, Spelina. Better play, I have to go door. Well, the question was better goal, Tommy, not oh. better play. Oh, well, I mean, the play's a part of it, uh, right? Yeah, listen, so he, he's like, going off the team in collective effort. Yeah. For me, the, the better goal was Spelina. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was crisp and it was beautiful. It was actually disgusting, which is my word for beautiful. It yeah. was weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, was like it, was nasty. it was definitely disgusting. Is it wrong to say it kind of like, it was like the motion you use when you're sweeping with a broom, but like a wall that's right next to you? Like, When's the like, last time you've swept a wall? I'm, I'm not saying that, yeah, like, how many I'm not walls saying are you sweeping? I'm not saying that I do life. that. I'm saying, like, imagine if you took a broom and you're holding it, like, vert- like uh, sideways, right? And you're just, like, you're sweeping the wall. But it was just like I that. I do think that is a good analogy. I will give it to you. It was an easy thing to make fun of you for in that moment, and I apologize. I d- not accepted. I don't apologize, <laughs> but I understand what you mean. I do think that Sam, was Sam, you don't need to apologize after we were working together on the five earlier this week. <laughs> But, yeah, you guys are teaming up a little bit more this week on our TV side of things. But as for the SU men, still number 19 inside lacrosse is top 20. I said top 25 earlier. That's my bad, naturally. Busy time, basketball lacrosse, all jumbled up in this dumb head of mine. Next up is at number 12, UNC. So that's just the story for these teams. You're just going to be playing the best of the best. Got to Want to be the best, you got to beat the best. It's a 1 o'clock start on the ACC Network. So um, that one will be on TV. Both of them should be on TV. Brendan does weekly trivia with us. He tries to stump us, tries to make us look like fools. We're going to see if he has it today. If you watch the basketball episode from earlier this week, I did stump everybody, including Lawrence Moden. I was very proud of myself. Yeah, it was a big yeah. victory for me, a big bounce-back win. And uh, we're looking to start a new streak here. Uh, that's it. That's so bad. Tommy knows the question that's coming. He will not be answering because Sam was not here last week and therefore could not answer this. Mm. We did not do this on the podcast. She has no idea what's coming. Sam, we're going to focus on Joey Spelina, the guy who just uh, did that remarkable thing this weekend, the, the sweeping the wall, per se. Um, <laughs> and this actually is tracking back a bit further in the season, but it's such a good question I wanted to ask it to you. So prior to this weekend's game, he had scored five goals in two straight games. 
which was two goals shy of the freshman record of seven goals in a game shared by multiple former Orange Lacrosse players and a current one who happens to be Spillina's teammate. Who is it? The one that's the current teammate or yes. some of the former ones? The one that's the current. I was going to say maybe, maybe Mike Powell, but... All right, the current player. Owen Hiltz. Dang. Bang! Yes, sir! <laughs> Bang! Let's Woo! go. Boom, boom. I was going to... Uh, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, I was doing some snap fives earlier. Can, can, in the you, day. can you guys notice? I, I don't know a ton about that. lacrosse, and trying to find a great question is going to be really hard for me. <laughs> well, step up to the challenge, man. We got to grow the game. I did get it off camera last week. He, he, did, he, really he, really? he, did, he did get it right yeah, off camera. I was All right. super excited. Super excited. But hey, that's our show, Orange and Podcast. Billy Whitaker, Cards and Trucks, our sponsor. Thank you, Billy Whitaker. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate you being a part of this new journey with us here this lacrosse season. We're super excited about it. Going to be looking to bring you weekly shows as the season continues. So making sure you're uh, liking and subscribing to our YouTube page at CMY Central. And then make sure you're listening. Tune in weekly. It's been a blast doing it. Let's keep going. Peace. All right. See ya.